afternoon, everybody. Welcome to Live at Noon from our living room. Very excited. Unfortunately, Priscilla's not able to be with us this morning or this afternoon. I always say morning. I don't know why I do that. But she's not able to be with us, so you're stuck with me. I hope that's not too much of a downer. <laughs> um, but, um, you know, I'm excited. We're going to try to keep this very spiritual. I won't crack so many jokes. I'm trying. I'm trying. But no, thank you for, for joining us this morning. Good morning, er, good afternoon, everybody. Um, as I was saying, Priscilla's not able to join us, unfortunately, and uh, you're stuck with me, so we're gonna, we're gonna make this work. Let's just spend time with, with the Father this morning, though, this afternoon. Let's spend time with Him. Um, that's really what's important. Since early this morning, um, you know, I, was, I woke up really early for not even setting an alarm. And um, just God's been ministering to me. And, and it's not always a moment of, of like of this, this amazing feeling. Sometimes it's just being corrected or being spoken to or being, getting some knowledge, reading the word. Just There's different ways that the Lord comes and spends time with us. So um, just maybe set your focus on him as we as we commune with the father take away all distractions clear your mind clear your thoughts um, because sometimes it gets in the way of us receiving the fullness of what god has for us amen again thank you for joining um let's pray father god we thank you we love you you've always been good you've never failed us even though we fail, even though we fall, even though we slip, Father God, even though we don't do everything the right way, Father God, you never fail. And you have grace and your mercy is new every morning. And today we ask for that new mercy, Father God, that we need, that we depend on, Father God. And we pray that you equip us, Father God, to walk this walk to fight this fight, Father God, to be a light in the darkness, Father God. And I pray for every person viewing this afternoon, Father God, this day, Father God, that you would bless them, Father God, that they would be able to receive an extra portion of who you are, Father God. And Father God, I pray for everything that I speak on, Father God. I pray for everything that I do during this time, Father God. Let it be pure, Father God. Let it be, um, let it bring glory to your name, Father God. Let it make you the focus, Father God. I thank you, Lord. I thank you for giving us air to breathe. I thank you for giving us a life. I thank you for giving us homes. I thank you for giving us food to eat. I thank you for giving us everything that we have, Father God. And I pray, Father God, that we that we carry what you've given us the right way, Father God. I thank you again and love you in Jesus' name. Amen. center in this afternoon. Just invite the Holy Spirit to be the one that's in control of your atmosphere.
will sing of your goodness I will sing of your love Though the seasons come quickly You've always been enough Though the night make it dark Though this waiting seems long You've always been faithful To remind me of your love You are good In the morning I say You are good In the evening I say You are good You are good to me Every day is better.
nothing is the same and nothing is impossible for you nothing is impossible nothing is impossible for you cause you hold my world
Father God, we thank you. And right now, we acknowledge that there's no other God greater than you, Father. There's no other name like yours, Jesus. We thank you for your presence, Father God. Father God, I pray for every person, Father God, that's viewing, that's listening to this time, that's spending this time with you in your presence. I pray such an anointing over their life, Father God, that breaks yokes of bondage and chains, prison chains, Father God. Father God, everything holding them back from what's ahead of them, Father God. Right now, in Jesus' name, we command those things to fall. We command those things to break. We do not accept the lies of Satan, Father God. We do not partner with the lies of Satan, Father God. As we surrender our lives to you, as we fully give ourselves to you, Father God, as we fully give ourselves to you, Lord, have your way with us. Teach us to trust you. Teach us to listen. Teach us to follow, Lord. Though none go with us, still we will follow, Lord. I thank you, Father God. I thank you for everything that you've done and everything that you're going to do. In Jesus' name I pray, amen, amen. Well, um, like I said earlier, you're all stuck with me today. Um, but now that God's here, it's going to be okay. <laughs> um, as I was just, we went for a walk this morning, me and my, my pup. And, um, you know, God just began to reveal to me how our choices in life really dictate what is going to happen ahead of us. And um, I don't know if you have your Bibles this morning. We're going to be reading in Deuteronomy 28. But I think we've all heard the saying, I'm going to put this down so it doesn't distract me. But we've all heard the saying, uh, it was textbook. We've all heard, excuse me. We all have said or have heard people say, you know, what they said was textbook. What they did was textbook. In any job that I've ever had, I've had to become trained on how to, how to act, how to respond to different things that might arise. Um, and when someone says things that I might have done or that someone else might have done is textbook, it's a compliment. And really, as I began to read this morning, just in my own personal devotions, I, I came to a thought of, that came to mind. And I asked myself, God, is there something that I can take from just that saying, textbook, textbook? And, and something that I got out of it was, you know, especially at a time like this, um, Training is essential, right? And what a what a convenient thing to have this Monday through Friday or Sundays or Wednesdays or whatever it may be. It's very convenient to to have this. But what if we were forced into a position that this was not available? What if we were put into a position where we weren't able to just preach at will? Um, it, it's hard to think of being that we're from the United States, if, if you're from the United States, 
but I, I don't think it's a far-fetched when thinking about other countries that don't operate as we do. You know, we have these great rules and, and um, we have, um, you know, things that we've put in place as a nation to allow us freedom and people fight for that freedom. And, um, but, but the thought came to me and it, and it was like, you know, what, what if we didn't have this privilege? What if we didn't have this convenience of just being able to click a button and, and minister to one another? Um, would we be able to sustain this on our own? Um, I'm going to read you something that, that really sparked this thought in my life. And uh, it's by Charles Spurgeon. He was a theologian. And he says, It's a great comfort to be able to hear the word faithfully preached. But suppose we are placed where there is no preaching of the word. Then it will be a happy circumstance if our godliness can survive such deprivation. To sum that up, it's it would be a good thing if our if our godliness, if the God inside of us could survive that deprivation, the lack of of preaching, of church, of worship music, of things like that. I know that we all love and rely on it. I do. Um, you know, there's nothing. Even though I have the Bible, even though I have um, uh, the Bible at, at, in the palm of my hand at any moment, it's very comforting to hear a pastor, my pastor, even though he's my dad, and that, that might even make it better for me, but it, it, it's a very special thing to hear a word from a pulpit or through a live stream as, as we're doing now. Um, but the question that I asked myself was, would my godliness, would what I train myself to do be able to translate if this was not available? And I really, my hope, my hope for each person is that with or without this, we're prepared and we're ready to maintain our faith, to continue to have faith in Christ, not just faith, but live out a life that doesn't necessarily abide by the laws of the world, right? Because our our standards are a little bit higher. Um, you know, where the world says, yeah, just don't kill. We take it a bit further and say, don't think about killing. You know, that, and that's what I mean by our standards are a little bit higher. I'm not saying at all that we are in any place to look down on anyone. I'm saying that we have to be so microscopic with, our analysis of us that we focus on the things that we're doing not to beat ourselves up you know the, that's called condemnation and that's from hell you know that's not a thing to, that that god does he, he convicts us and convict there's a there's a definition that i really like of conviction and it's basically convincing and so what god does when he convinced when he convicts us is he convinces us that we're better than the way we're acting or speaking or, or what we're doing, right? The way we're living. And so whenever, you know, the preacher's up there preaching and he's hitting those nerves like, oh man, he's talking right to me. I've been in that position where I'm sitting in the seat, but it seems like I'm the only one in the room and the minister is talking exactly to me and my situation in my life. And and sometimes it's a bit uncomfortable and and... That's called conviction. 
that's something that God is putting in there to say, hey, I'm reminding you. I want to remind you of the price, not only the price that I paid, but the way that you're supposed to live, the way you're supposed to operate as a child. I, I heard this story a long time ago about, um, you know, the royal family in England and how there was a man that was supposed to um, instruct, he was a ski instructor and he took, he took his, um, the royal family, the children of the royal family to a mountain and was supposed to teach them how to ski. And it was difficult for them at first, the children. And as they were trying, they, they started them off on the small slopes. And the boy kept falling. And, and he said, you know what, I can't do this. And the instructor says, you know, yeah, you can. It, it's okay. You're going to fall. Um, we're going to start slow. And then we're going to work, work our way up to the, the, big, the big boy stuff, you know. And he goes, no, you don't understand. I represent someone bigger than me. And that really struck a chord in my life because I like to have that mentality on a natural level with my own family, with my own father, or my own mother. Uh, the, the idea that I represent something bigger than me, even if it's just something that I, I do for my own family's sake, it's something that I believe in. And so I don't always live up to this, but I try to act a certain way so that I reflect them well. But then I think about, man, we're called children of God. And if we can put such value on something that we can, that, that is what we call family or maybe a job, a lot of people have careers and they have to, they have to walk a certain way in order to maintain themselves, right? Police officers, nurses, doctors, they have to carry themselves a different way, politicians, right? And when they don't, they get super criticized and, and it, it doesn't bode well for them. So, but the thought of being able to do that at this level or, or with my family or with the church or with, with the country, let's call it, how much more should I hold myself to that standard thinking about my relationship with God as a son? How much, more, how much more effort should I put into maintaining that status, right? And, and it's a difficult thing. And today I want to talk to you guys about blessings. I, God is just looking to bless every single one of us. And I'm, I'm not really going to talk about the latter portion of this scripture because I want to recommend that you take some time um, this week or today and read the latter portion of Deuteronomy 28. If you're just joining us, we're going to be in Deuteronomy 28 today. And it's something that a, um, a few months ago, before all this happened, um, I sat in in church and I listened to a message preached. And it, it impacted my life in a way that this scripture became a pillar for me. This scripture is now something that I will... I will convey to my my wife and, and my brothers, my sisters, and, you know, in my life moving forward, it will be something that I hold on to. Um, but we're going to read Deuteronomy 28, verses 1 through 15. It says, Now if you faithfully obey the Lord your God and are careful to follow all His commands I'm giving you today, the Lord your God will put you far above all the nations. 
all these blessings will come and overtake you because you obey the Lord your God. So now we're going to talk about what blessings is is Moses um, talking to the Israelites about. What blessings will come if we obey? Verse 3, it says, You will be blessed in the city and blessed in the country. Your offspring will be blessed and your land's produce and your offspring of your livestock, including the young of your herds and the newborn of your flocks. Your basket and your kneading bowl will be blessed. You will be blessed when you come in and blessed when you go out. The Lord will cause the enemies who rise up against you to be defeated before you. They will march out against you from one direction, but flee in seven different directions. The Lord will grant you a blessing on your barns and on everything you do. He will bless you in the land the Lord your God has given you. The Lord will establish you as his holy people, as he swore to you. If you obey the, the commands of the Lord your God and walk in his ways, then all the people of the earth will see that you bear the Lord's name and they will stand in awe of you. The Lord will make you a pro will make you prosper abundantly with offspring, the offspring of your livestock and your land's produce in the land the Lord swore to your fathers to give you. The Lord will open for you his abundant storehouse, the sky to give your land rain in its season and to bless all the works of your hands. You will lend to many nations you will not borrow. The Lord will make you the head, not the tail. You will only move upward, not downward. If you listen to the Lord, your God's commands, I am giving you today and are careful to follow them. Do not turn aside to the right or left from all the things I'm commanding you today. And do not follow other gods to worship them. Now, yes, I want those blessings. I want, you know, everything. I want to be the head, not the tail. I want my movement to be upward and never downward. If, and, and I always will go back to this, if we obey his commands that he's given us. And like I like spoke earlier, his commands are a little different than what the world tells us to do. You know, he requires us to be holy which just means set apart. It means to be different. And when we look like everything around us, um, the Bible talks about how the wicked will only have what they have, that their blessings will run out, that their favor will run out, that what they, you know, and it really, in, in, in Deuteronomy 33 or 34, I believe, it really talks about what um what happens to the wicked when they when they aren't in alignment with God and so um as we move forward into from verse 15 on it talks about the curses for disobedience and that's that's a hard thing for me to tell you about because if if you're not willing to receive um, I'm going to be the bad guy, which is okay. I'm, I don't mind it, but I really think that if you're looking to to get better, if I'm looking to get better, um, then the response is to read the whole thing. The response is to analyze my life and to be able to say, hey, man, I don't do this. Man, I, I, I mess up there a lot. And, and that should be the focus of our life for the moment because Things will change. Look at life as it is now. This is the most unprecedented time in history. Never have we 
encountered something worldwide like this that has just shut things down. Um, and I might be wrong about that. I don't know. But never in my lifetime, probably not in your lifetime, have, have we experienced this. And at the end of the day, it should tell us believers that silver and gold fade away, right? What we possess on this land is not forever. But what we have as far as a relationship with God is what lasts. And yesterday, for all, happy Mother's Day for all the mothers that are watching and, and thank you for all that you do. But Priscilla and I um, had a, we had a good day. You know, we went to um, barbecue. And if you don't know, many of you do, but Priscilla's mother passed a few years ago and it wasn't natural and, and it was a difficult, it is a difficult thing in her life. Um, and she's come so far with with her mourning and grief and, and all that. But yesterday we were talking about choices and how God really gives us these opportunities. Um, we were at a barbecue at her dad's and her sister drove from Boston. And it was a surprise to all of us. She didn't tell anyone she was coming. And it was really amazing to see her and then the family just came together and they were reminiscing as family does. And it was, it was just a fun time. Afterwards, Priscilla and I, we were driving home and we were just talking about, you know, how God is just aligning things certain ways um, to uh, things that weren't, that were in my eyes, specific to me, in my eyes, not going to happen. They weren't going to work themselves out. But God is starting to mend relationships. He's starting to restore. And, and we were talking about how our decisions and our choices really impact what happens next. Because God, it's, I feel like if, if I were to relate it to sports, God throws a very softball. You know, he like lobs it up for us. And he's just like, hit it. Come on, grab the bat, swing. And, and a lot of times we miss sometimes. And I've... You know, we miss, we strike out or whatnot, but, but there's no three strikes, you're out with God. You know, he's always saying, all right, let's pick it up and let's do it again. Let's pick it up and let's do it again. And our minds, maybe because we play baseball or I don't know, but we have this idea that, that three strikes and you're out. That one and done, you missed your opportunity and it's over. And there does come a point because of our hard hearts that God turns us over to our wickedness or, or whatnot. And he says, you know what? You're just not going to utilize what I've given you, the anointing. Then I'll give it to somebody else. Um, but his promises are yes and amen. And his word won't return void. And, and we see that with the Israelites, right? They went, they were slaves in Egypt and happy to be slaves, apparently. Because when they wandered in the desert, they just complained and complained and complained. And God's promises still remained, but the original Israelites didn't receive them. And so when I say that, that, you know, maybe because of our hard hearts, we don't reap the blessing, but your children will because God's promises are true. And this is a great time for us to self-reflect, isol isolate with Christ, though, because if we isolate without him, we're prone to depression, to anxiety, to frustration, to anger. We're prone to so many different things and, and probably generational, right? Things that maybe your father or mother or grandfather or grandmother or 
four generations behind passed down to you. Um, I know that there are things that my parents have made me aware of since I was a child about things that will knock on my door eventually. And it's my responsibility. My parents broke the curse, but then it's my responsibility once it knocks to say, hey, it's already been paid for, it's done. I'm not going there. And it's a, it's a very uh, similar idea with the crucifixion of Jesus and the resurrection, right? Because we have to always remember that, hey, this was already paid for. Why am I, why am I submitting to this, this problem? Why am I submitting to all of this? And, and if we read our Bible, we realize that Jesus went through everything we do, that we go through. He went through it all. And it's up to us to remember that, hey, this has been paid for already. Why am I responding to the world like that? Why am I responding to the circumstance this way? Why am I submitting to this temptation, right? We all get tempted. We all fall short. Like I said, conviction is a beautiful thing. If there comes a point in our life where there is no conviction, then I'm worried for, for me or for whoever that is. Because at that point, I don't know how to recover. So whatever it is in your life, as we read this, you know, God gives us very specific commands in the Bible. You know, the Ten Commandments, the different things that he tells us what to do and not to do. But then there are personal things that we have to think about. And a lot of them stem from those generational curses. A lot of them come from the idea that, hey, for four generations ago, I had a family member that was a violent man. And so now, you know, I should watch, I should be careful what I watch on TV if it's, if it's starting to um, invoke anger or what music that I listen to. That's a big one for me. And it might be a correlation as a worship leader, but sometimes I listen to certain music that I wouldn't say you're going to hell if you listen to it, but I get this this attitude and I get um, a little angry and I get a spirit on my life. And I have to be very aware that that's something that's coming to knock on my door and destroy me. And if I don't, if I don't, you know, kill that spirit right away, then what is going to happen? How am I going to treat my wife? How am I going to treat my dog? How am I going to respond at work? You know, I believe that we need to see this as an opportunity to train ourselves so that our responses are textbook. And when I mean textbook, and that's really what God showed me today. Respond, you know, and some people criticize that being textbook and it's all oh, the life experience. Yeah, I understand that. But when it comes to our spiritual walk, it's all right here. It's all in our textbook. And if we begin to study this, and if we begin to um, um, meditate on the words of Jesus and on the, the history of our faith and on our forefathers and on everything, as we begin to follow God's precepts, our responses to anything, good and bad, are going to become textbook. And we're going to be able to live a life of blessings and abundance because of what we know 
they say knowledge is power and it, and it's true on both sides of the fence um but but there's there's a different kind of power when you know the word of god because it's not necessarily flesh and blood that responds to it will but it's spiritual it's it's the spiritual forces in the air that will also respond to the word of god and if we try to do things by how tough we are or how much how smart we are or how good looking you guys are then that's only going to get us so far if we can change our lives to become spiritual people and respond the way Jesus responded respond the way the prophets responded respond the way the disciples responded I'm sorry I keep shaking the table <laughs> but respond through a spiritual lens I saw something today that says when you change glasses you get a you can see better but when you change perspectives you live better and we hold so much power we hold so much power as as individuals because we can just be happy as as silly as that sounds it's true you know i obviously there are some things that are are unjust and i'm not i'm not speaking about those things but on a natural normal level we face things and we dwell on things and we focus on things and it ruins our life and it's a choice, right? How much are we saving ourselves by choosing to be not just happy and and live good and healthy and all that, but righteous? How much do you have to benefit by living a righteous life? And righteous, when we say righteous, that's like, well, what does that mean? It's just being right with God. It's simple. And it, it really takes hard work and discipline and dedication but train yourself during this time. Train like we're not going to be here. Train like church is not going to be there again. It will. I'm not saying it won't. But if we train like that, we'll be prepared for that, that three in the morning um, attack, right? Where nobody else is around except for you in a maybe empty room or even if there's people around sometimes you feel alone in those in those moments but where sadness comes and where where all those things come if we learn how to respond in the spiritual way then we're going to be victorious if we learn how to live a spiritual life we will be blessed and i'm taking this for me again deuteronomy 28 is going to be a pillar in my life for the rest of my life because it's very simple there's not much to it do this and you'll be blessed don't do it and this will happen and and as you read and it's a long chapter there's 68 verses if you read all 68 you're gonna say man there's a lot to lose by being disobedient so god's not looking for sacrifice he's not looking for big amounts of money given to the church um, he's looking for your obedience and and sometimes it's very small things um, that God requires of us and and it, it gets bigger and bigger so that's really what I I wanted to share with you all today um, I hope that you know you receive it because 
It's something that I believe that we need as a foundation in our life. And, you know, I want to pray for just a spirit of condemnation not to come upon us that will will cripple and paralyze us into following God because that's something that, that can happen. So, Father God, I thank you for giving us the conviction of the Holy Spirit. I thank you for being with us all the time. I thank you for making it clear to us what we need to do to be blessed, Father God. I thank you for wanting to bless us, Father God. And I pray, Father God, against all condemnation, Father God, that comes into my life and to anyone watching, Father God. I pray against all uh, depression and anxiety and mental illness, Father God. I pray against sadness and loneliness, Father God, that comes and tries to creep and destroy, divide, kill us, Father God. And I pray right now, Father God, and I release a spirit of love into our lives, Father God, into your children's lives, Father God, a spirit of peace, a spirit of joy. Father God, I pray that at all moments that we would always remember that there there is a cross that bore our sin, Father God, that there is an empty grave, Father God, that showed us that we can be victorious, Father God. And as we face whatever we face in life, Lord, I pray that you just give us the tenacity to fight a fight, Father God, that sometimes seems difficult and impossible, impossible, Lord. And Father God, I pray that you give us a, just a discipline to, to train ourselves in your word, to sit at your feet and, and really meditate on what you have done, on what you've said, Father God, so that our lives would reflect all of that, Lord. We pray, Father God, that our lives would reflect heaven, Father God, we would reflect Jesus and the Holy Spirit, Lord, as you've given us these gifts, Lord, as you've given us this time, Father God, to be in your presence, Father God, I pray that we don't take for granted the time, Father God. I pray that you would minister to us while we sleep, Father God. I pray against all nightmares, Father God, all insomnia, Father God. I bind it in Jesus' name, and I ask, Lord, that you release a peace that we, where we could sleep through any storm, Father God. Just as you did on that boat, Father God, you slept through a storm, and once you had to respond to the storm, you spoke to it, and it was still, Father God. And I pray for that same power, Father God, and I thank you for wanting us to be blessed for wanting us to live fulfilled lives, Father God. And I pray that grace upon everyone watching in Jesus' name. If there's anything that uh, you guys...